Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's feature is Santa's sleigh and better watch out. That's sleigh like kill, not like a thing pulled by reindeer. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I just know my older brother's name is Steven, and my grandparents love giving children gifts. So when he was little, they started giving him a gift on St. Stephen's Day, which is Boxing Day. So, so they would celebrate this feast today. But then, like, when other kids came along, they couldn't just give one. So I used to get a gift for St. Stephen's Day, even though I had no connection to me whatsoever. There, they just they couldn't hand my brother a gift, and I'm just standing there like, what about me? Is, <laughs> so is there a St. Doug? Oh. <laughs> I I wouldn't be terribly surprised. The Catholics got a lot of saints, you know. Yeah, they, they, they love to saint it up, so I wouldn't be shocked. But... Oh, there is a Saint Doug. <laughs> yeah. What's he the what's he the saint of? Aren't they usually oh, saints of something? Uh let's see here. Bro. Load damn you. Fuck you, Comcast. Damn that neutrality, man. They were throttling me long before that. <laughs> Uh, St. Douglas, Queen Elizabeth, blah, 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 blah. This tells me nothing! Sure, I'm glad we're recording this part so we can all listen to Noah try to yeah. look stuff up. And apparently fail at it. Uh, good news, Doug. Yeah. And, and probably also Noah. Uh, Bret Hart apparently announces he's cancer-free now. No, oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good news when anybody's cancer-free, but when it's somebody I've heard of, it's yeah. actually better. So, not better. That's probably I not figured, the way I want to word it. <laughs> I just figured he's a national hero up there, so you might want to... Uh... He's he's might be a little bit forgotten in the national uh, pantheon, I guess. Yeah. I mean, wrestling fans obviously still know who Bret Hart is, but I don't, I don't know if that name carries much weight anymore. That's a bummer. Yeah. I don't know if that's a bummer or not, because I don't know if I'd want to live in a society where, like, wrestlers who've been retired for 20 years are who the kids are still looking up to. <laughs> that might not be a great world. Although, I mean, better than most He hasn't been retired for 20 years. It's only been, like... 16. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm sure he made a comeback in there somewhere. 
Uh, he did, but I didn't watch it because I knew it would be super sad. It tends to be. He fought Vince McMahon at some WrestleMania. I'm like, oh, oh that's going to be terrible. I'm not going to watch it. It's like 50-year-old Bret Hart versus 70-year-old Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't even put on his uh, pink tights for it. He just fought in, like, jean shorts. Really? Yeah. Oh. That makes me a little sad that he didn't put on the pink tights. Yeah, I believe his rationale was that uh, that that Bret Hart is not the same, and if he did, if he put those on, people may be expecting a much higher caliber match than what he could have uh, put on because he was still had symptoms from having that stroke and stuff. So, yeah, I do remember when. Hulk Hogan came back and he fought Vince McMahon at WrestleMania. It was, uh, those like those old men were all bloodied up in the ring and everything. <laughs> <sighs> I feel that those people have a different mindset towards their employment than I do. Well, Doug, you may be happy. There's rumors the XFL might be coming back. So, oh great, yeah. Apparently he's uh, forming a, a company uh, separate from WWE, and they're they're looking to create their own uh, football league. And some say that uh, it may be his relationship with Donald Trump because Donald Trump hates the NFL so much right now. So, so that's the theory. Trump is yeah. going to like. Oh. The good news is if Trump's involved, the business only lasts a couple of years before it goes bankrupt anyway. I was going to say they'll just run commercials for it. He'll get a bunch of investors' money, and then he'll run it into the ground, take all the investors' money, and then sue the investors for not pulling up to their end of the deal. Yeah, that is his M.O. And then probably build like, <laughs> and probably build like stadiums all over the country and then not pay the people who built them because he said they didn't do it right. See, this is why I can't enjoy Home Alone 2 anymore. <laughs> Kevin McAllister could have stopped him all this time, and he didn't. He'd be like, hey, I need directions. Pulls out a gun. Boom! <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Might have cost them their PG rating, but whatever. It would have been worth it. All right, should we jump into it? Our, uh, our big uh, Christmas episode? Uh, hopefully you're listening to this as you're unwrapping presents, completely ignoring all your family. Yeah, People, your grandma's your grandma's mind. You're trying to get your attention to show you the socks she got you, and you're just no. The boys put out a new episode. You're just like, oh fuck off, grandma. Well, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know she's back there. You're so enthralled by our discussion. <laughs> she's like, Doug, Doug, Doug. Your mom's like smacking you on the back of the head. Like, will you answer your grandma? She's fucking annoying. Every time somebody says Christmas special, the only thing I can think of is the SNL skit where Chris Kattan played Bill Gates announcing that uh, Microsoft was merging with Christmas. They had bought out Christmas. <laughs> what was the joke? It's just this big long thing where he talks about how they're renaming it either Christrosoft or. Uh, Macrimus, and then he says something about his wife's on the other side of the house, and he hasn't found her in six months. <laughs> Good lord! 
it's just ridiculous. It's one of those things that the only reason why it's funny is because Chris Kattan's so good at being bizarre. Which feeds directly into one of the movies. Yeah, since you brought up Chris Kattan, why don't you tell us about Santa's sleigh? Uh, so the story of Santa's sleigh is we have our uh, our hero who is a a young lad in a small-ish town who takes a lot of shit because apparently his grandpa is kind of a weirdo and does not like Christmas. Uh, the reason why he does not like Christmas, as it turns out, is that Santa Claus is actually Satan's child and was beaten in a game of curling and forced to give out presents and be nice on his birthday for, what was it, a thousand years or something like that? Hundred yeah. years? Thousand. thousand years. Thousand, thousand years. From uh, 2005 until 2005. Yeah. And so it turns out that this year, the bet has run out, and now Santa Claus is coming to town to fuck shit up. <laughs> And basically, it's Bill Goldberg dressed as Santa Claus, just being fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Of course, the big thing we find out that the angel who beat uh, Satan in the curling match is the crazy grandpa, of course. Spoilers. Spoiler. It doesn't matter. It's super obvious. Yeah, pl- and the, yeah, the plot's completely irrelevant to this movie. Yeah. But, but that's pretty much it. It's, it's basically just hilarious... Uh, Christmas-themed mayhem. Agreed. With some so, strong uh, anti-Semitic and anti-gay sentiment just sprinkled in for no reason. Well, the funny thing is, if you look at the cast list, pretty much the majority of the cast are Jewish. Okay. But there are, so- there are multiple people in this film who said to kills and it seems like his motivation is to go after them for being Jewish. <laughs> he does stab a guy with a menorah. I don't think that was to provide inclusiveness to the holiday season. I do like the the fact that the guy tries to ward off Santa Claus with the Star of David. <laughs> Something about that's so fucking funny. <laughs> um, so we should mention the, the movie opens with a Christmas dinner with... Okay, like, I haven't watched this in a couple years, but I completely forgot that it was, like, James Caan, Fran Drescher, Chris Kattan. Uh, it seemed like there was somebody else. Oh, the girl, the the Noxima girl from uh, uh, Urban Legend. Um, I and, love that. That's how she should be credited. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know her real name either. Uh, it's Rebecca Gayhart. Um, but I just completely forgot about that, and I'm just like, and you know, I've seen the movie multiple times, and I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, who working on this movie like knew somebody that could call in favors? Um, and then we hit the opening credits, and I that, and then I remembered that Brett Ratner was a producer on this. Yeah, and then I felt gross. I, I guess when they were planning the opening sequence, like, if I remember right, it's like the last thing that was actually shot. It, yeah, not surprising at all. Yeah, and they just had a bunch of extra money. And they were like, well, how are we going to do, what are we going to do with this money? 
who's a bunch of people that you've always wanted to see just fucking die in a movie? <laughs> and no joke, they picked people like Bran Drescher and Chris Kattan and uh, actors who are viewed as a little bit annoying or assholey. And filled the room up with them and then just had Bill Goldberg uh, kill them all. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh... And then uh, the uh, the angel slash uh, grandpa is played by Peter Fonda, which is weird. Still weirds me out. What that, that somehow they got Peter Fonda to be in this like horrible schlocky B movie? Well, I'm really just shocked like... that James. I'm just shocked that James Con did it. He's like, I'm not being in no fucking stupid movie where Santa Claus kills people. We'll give you this much money. All right. Fuck. My one weakness, dollar bills. <laughs> I was cut yeah, off. Guard. This was a first time watch for me. So. Oh, op- really? That opening scene, I'm like, what the fuck are all these people doing in this movie? Like, is this, I mean, is this what the whole movie is going to be? Just killing celebrities? Because I had no idea. For some reason, I almost thought this was like a made for TV movie. I don't know why I thought that. I guess because it's on Spike, like always, like not even at Christmas time, just always. And I, I assumed that there was somehow made by them or connected to them in some way. I don't know why that is. Well, but being yeah, a first time watch, what did you think, Doug? I, I got to say that at the beginning, I got caught up with trying to make sense of the movie, which is not something you should ever try to do. Yeah. No. Wrong so direction, sir. Yeah, for the first long while, I was, like, trying to understand Santa's motives. Like, why is he killing these people? And it seemed like maybe he was killing people who were not showing Christmas spirit or something like that. And there's no, like, on that level, it makes no sense whatsoever. Like, they, they have this horrible room of people. He comes in and kills them all. And then they have, like, this horrible, like, racist old lady <laughs> who just starts yelling at people. And then Santa takes her out. And it, I'm not sure why they made all those people horrible if Santa wasn't killing them because they were horrible. It was really odd. Because in horror movies, you like to see bad things happen to bad people. I don't know. I like to see bad things happen to just about anybody. But, uh, yeah, I, I found it was really weird at the beginning because it's like this old lady. She was the weirdest one because it was like, okay, so she's being, she's a horrible, like, anti-Semite lady who's just like she just yells at people she yells at a Jewish guy for not wanting to say Merry Christmas it's like well you're at a Jewish deli it's just you're just a horrible human being and then all of a sudden you're like you're, she's about to get killed it's pretty obvious and you're like okay well I can see why she would get killed for being me but then really Santa appears as killing her because she's cutting him off in traffic just in and of itself kind of a funny motivation but completely separate from the fact like why did that other scene have to happen so it was, I, I found it very uneven in the beginning and then what then at some point i just went i gotta stop thinking so hard and yeah. like, like i just i just nope i just, just <laughs> and so i think the result is a lot of like fun kill scenes and ridiculous stupidity um, almost too much effort to insert a plot where they sh- they should have just went Santa hit his head and now he kills instead of fucking 
instead, instead of his presence, and then it would have been almost easier to accept. Yeah, you were way overthinking it. <laughs> but you can see why at the beginning I might it might lead me that way. And I'm just like, I don't know. So I, I the kill scenes are almost without exception, they're all fun to watch individually. Uh, I didn't I didn't like the like the main couple, the teenagers. I didn't I just the two of them together annoyed the hell out of me. I have no idea if they were brother and sister or dating at any point in time in this movie because they're just not great actors and not great chemistry and it wasn't working. And not, and I shouldn't say not great actors because they've both been better in other things, I believe. But I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, great kill scenes. Everything surrounding those kill scenes I just found uneven and weird. <laughs> and I couldn't get my head around the fact that the I think this movie inspired Rick and Morty. Like that grandfather and grandson combination with the crazy old man <laughs> that's the inventor and the kids like just keeps getting dragged on his adventures. I like, is this the uh, Morty Christmas it's special? It's Nutcracker, Morty! <laughs> I couldn't shake that the whole time. I'm just like, I swear to God, it's like this, inve- this invented Rick and Morty before it was cool. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. I never even put that together. I was take, trying to take this movie serious. I, I find bizarre because there there are definitely uh, a thousand points within the first ten minutes where you should figure out oh. that's not what's going on. But the two biggest ones are the fact that Santa Claus's first line is, "Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus," <laughs> and. A ludicrous reference of him yelling, move bitch, get out of the way to the old lady. Fair enough. Mm. And I, I just to be clear, I wasn't trying to take it serious. I was just trying to even comedies have plots. This one really doesn't at <laughs> all. Like it's just curling is dope and Santa Claus is bad. That's the plot. Uh, hopefully you'd figured all that out before you got to the strip club scene. Yeah, yeah, where Goldberg just destroys everybody at a strip club. I I will say the stripper pole joke That's of him the best things ready ever. To rip it out, and he stops and sprays it down and wipes it off first. <laughs> it's it's one of the best fucking things ever put. In. <laughs> I just love the disgust on his face. Like, ugh, he's gonna get the spray and the, the rag out and wipe it down. <laughs> Uh, lots of boobs in that scene too, which is a bad. Well, I mean, um, it is a strip club scene. Yeah. Uh, so Noah, what did you think? I mean, I pretty much, I'm gonna guess you're on the same wavelength, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I watch this movie every year. I fucking love this. Movie. Yeah. I, it's kind of, I think it it does the same thing that Jack Frost did, where it's like it's intentional cheese. But I honestly think this movie does it better than Jack Frost does. Because while they manage to just go full cheese with it, they still make it, like, it's even more fun and more ridiculous, if that makes sense. And less cheesy, even though there is a lot of cheese. Um, Yeah, I was just checking Twitter, because I posted on Twitter, on our Twitter account, that we never ever promote which is why we only have like 10 followers um 
I posted that we were recording this, and I tagged uh, Bill Goldberg in it, hoping he would uh, give it a like or something, but he did not. But looking at his Twitter feed, he did retweet other people who said they were watching it. So, so it's just it's us not as if he uh, you, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'd be it'd be really funny if we he's got not, hate he's mail. Not... Please send us hate mail, Bill Goldberg. Oh, if you can do it in a YouTube video, uh, wrestling right. promo style, it'd be even better. Oh, that would make my fucking year. That's never going to happen. Just no, don't, that's don't wishful thinking. Like, that's like me thinking there's going to be a plot to this movie. That's, <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> no, that'd just be a waste of everybody's time. Most important is that curling Curling's, curling's uh, apparently non-dope. Curling... curling. Curling prevents Satan's son from ruling the earth, so you better say it's dope. Uh, what did you guys think of the inspired flashbacks? Uh, you were you uh, you cut out, so say it again. I, I said, what did you guys think of the sweet Rankin and Bass inspired uh, claymation flashback sequence? Well, I mean, really, that's the only way you could tell that flashback story in a Christmas yeah. movie. I mean. If they weren't sitting around like brainstorming and like, well, we got to tell his origin, and someone wasn't like, well, of course we're doing Rankin and Bass, like, like, well, of course, I just figured everybody knew that, like, yeah, that's that's the only way you can do that segment. It was probably my favorite part of the movie, though. It, it was pretty fun to watch, and I don't know, it it definitely called back to like it did a good job of recreating that Rankin and Bass feel, which is it's key because other films have tried before and failed. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it, it was, it had me smiling the whole time. Nice. Um, I don't know. What else do we want to say? You got, you got any other uh, things to throw out there, Noah? Uh, I mean, I, mean I just, I love this movie, which again is weird. It's got a great but, plethora of kills, and uh, I really like. Even even though it's it's Bill Goldberg, so let's let's not pretend that Bill Goldberg is an Academy Award winning actor. So no, <laughs> he, he's not yeah. exactly carrying this movie on his shoulders. He excels. He excels in this movie of what he's good at, which is just one liners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he doesn't need to say anything more than one sentence at a time, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. The, the design of him, of the character of Santa Claus, is so mm. fucking awesome. Like, the fact that they make his sleigh look like a Viking warship. It's got, like, shields and shit hanging off the sides of it. And instead of reindeer, he's got <laughs> one giant, like, albino flesh-eating bison. <laughs> yeah, they make Santa pretty badass. Yeah, he, he looked great, and I loved some of the little things, like whenever he'd get on and off his slate, but on a helmet, like it was a motorcycle that he was getting on and off of. <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. But, and a couple of times he got on, too, and he like put on like a full cape thing. Like, I don't want to be cold while I'm chasing these people to their deaths. <laughs> good lord. I do think in the, um, in the kill scenes, Goldberg was really good at just looking intimidating and a little bit scary but not quite scary enough that this becomes a horror film so it's just sort of he walks that line pretty well and maybe that's just his natural state of what he looks like on a regular basis but (laughs) it 
worked pretty well. Uh, it's not far off. Um, uh, it does have. Yeah. Oh fuck! What's his face? Uh, Dave Thomas. Yep. Yes. Is, Who I am not surprised to see in this movie. Yeah, is the filthy preacher? Oh no, not at all. And and it's him doing what he does the best, and that's just going way the fuck over the top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is very sad that this strip club burned down. <laughs> right, <laughs> filthy, <laughs> filthy heathens. <laughs> the, yeah, the part where he starts, he goes, "So let's pray for Tess Tickler and, and Dixie wrecked." Just <laughs> <laughs> reading them all off by their stripper names. So awesome. I love that the strippers were like a group, and they had like their own name for the group of strippers. I thought that was kind of a funny little thing because like everyone in town knows them by these names sort of thing. I like the fact that for some reason in this teeny tiny town uh, the strip club has a valet parking service. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I never realized how ridiculous that was until you just said it. I'm like, oh yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, it's like a one street town. God wants you to give money to the poor and give bills. I see somebody putting change in there. <laughs> God wants bills. <laughs> uh, good old Dave Thomas. Yeah, um, but all like I said, all, all in all, it's really fun. I think the uh, the resolution's a little mad at the end, but it's still yeah. pretty funny. The fact that they go through the entire movie basing everything off the idea that the time at the North Pole is Greenwich time for some reason. <laughs> I did like that, the reveal that, yeah, at the North Pole, it can be whatever time you want because it's right where all the time zones meet. Like, I don't even know if that's accurate. It probably isn't, but <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it works for the uh, plot thread of this movie. Uh, so you're going to make this an annual watch, Doug? Uh, realistically, no. Oh, um, I, I do. I do think there were a lot of great moments in this movie, uh, mainly the kill scenes. But everything in between the kill scenes was just left to me, and not all the one-liners worked for me the way you guys are saying that they worked for you either. Yeah, I found some I think- of them were just like it was like okay, so there's a point where Grandpa gets run over by a reindeer, right? And yeah. that's an obvious reference to the song. But then they have to have somebody say, oh, Grandpa got run over by a ranger. And I'm like, no, that, I don't want to hear that line. I want I want you to treat me with enough respect to know that I know you're referencing that cheesy song without me having to... Uh, without, I don't know. I guess that I, it, it, you know what I mean? It just felt like too much. It felt like they thought they had Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie and they could have him spewing out these ridiculous lines and it would somehow work. But you don't have Arnold Schwarzenegger, you have Bill Goldberg. So that's, that's your problem. I think you should give it one rewatch next year. I'm not saying I'll never watch it again, just so yeah. clear. I'm just saying, you're yeah. asking if it's going to be an annual rewatch. Is it going to make the list? I've already got a list so long that I don't get to them all every year. Again, I could see this one being one where if you had people over and you weren't paying attention, and you just all looked up when the cool kill scenes were coming, that'd be fun. Yeah, it totally would work for a movie like that. Yeah. 
It'd like, be a good drinking game movie too. Like every time they make a shitty Christmas joke, <laughs> you're not going to see the end of this movie if you make if you play that game. If, if Goldberg smears somebody, you have to chug your beer. Yeah, I mean there were a lot of there were a lot of clever kills too, where it's like. At one point, when he's got that stripper pole that after he cleaned it off, and it's like you think he's going to just stab somebody with it, but instead he tosses it to a guy and then pushes it up into like so the guy gets electrocuted when the thing hits the light socket. Like that's clever. That's playing with your expectations, and they know what they're doing. And all that stuff I thought was fun to watch. And they keep referencing the one the girl's dad is like a gun nut, and then at the end when they need him to have a bazooka, he just has one, and no one seems surprised in the movie. Like, yeah, they did a good job of setting that up. Uh, yeah, I forgot about the bazooka at the end. There was, I mean, this film was obviously must have been made in Canada too, because there's a bunch of little Canada references just thrown in <laughs> for us to see. Like the kids wearing like these really obscure hockey jerseys throughout the movie that nobody would own, <laughs> especially not like nobody would own all of those because nobody would have grown up in Flin Flon and in Sault Ste. Marie. That's just not how it works. <laughs> but. <laughs> It's it's a fun little thing that I'm sure you guys probably didn't notice, but I mean, I had no obviously, idea. Obviously, there's curling in it, but the kid that wears hockey jerseys all the time is also the only one that doesn't know how guns work. So I have to assume that that's on purpose. <laughs> all the yeah, Americans are that that's funny automatically know. Yeah, is is every movie made better by the presence of a bazooka? I think it is. Pretty close. Made any worse. That's what I'm saying. I can't. I can't think of a single movie that they pull out a bazooka and you're like, okay, that's a bit much. No. I mean, I I imagine that there are certain films where it would ruin it, but they, gen- they generally know what type of movie they're trying to make. I was going to say, every time somebody says bazooka, all I can see is the final scene of Hard Ticket to Hawaii in the back of my brain. And it, it's, I was going to say this just reminded me of that. Uh, this just reminds me, we haven't, we haven't put Cobra and Commando on our list. I need to do that right now. That's funny, because that was the very first one we came up with. I know, right? Yeah, but back then we thought maybe this would be a slightly more serious podcast, so we're like, oh, we'll save that one for later. <laughs> we also need to put Hard Ticket to Hawaii on that list, because now I want to watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii. There's a giant mutant snake and bazookas. Oh, okay, I'm in. I don't know what Hard Ticket to Hawaii is, but... Oh, it's an Andy, Andy Sedaris film. You're going to be so shooting. Good. I assume that the they shoot the snake with the bazooka, so I'll, don't spoil oh. it for me. I want to know if parts of the snake come raining down on top of people that are all standing there trying to celebrate their victory. I will, I will put it this way. If you're into, like, terrible uh, Cinemax titty movies, it's... Quite possibly the best one ever made. Well, we'll find out one. Oh, yeah. Um, so definitely recommend for me and Noah. Doug's, uh, Doug's, I think on the recommend side, but yeah, it's, it's not just, in love with it like me and Noah. Are. Yeah, like I think there's a lot of great moments in this movie, and I think that's what would make it fun to watch with a group, you know. But I think. As just a standalone movie, I mean, there's a lot of dullness that happens in between the cool kill scenes, yeah. and I and there's a lot of like talking to explain the plot that I I don't care what the plot is. 
you made it abundantly clear to me that I'm not allowed to think about the plot in the first five minutes of the movie. And if I do think about it, I'm going to not like it. So then stop trying to throw plot at me through dialogue <laughs> or do it all through that Rankin and Bass throwbacks way, because that was fun. Yeah. My, my watch through this every year is typically while I'm wrapping presents. So like I wrap during the boring bits and yeah. I can take a break to watch the funny stuff happen. And that like, I can see why that would be a good way to watch this movie compared to like where I actually sat down and was like, okay, let's see what this is about. It's not about anything, so don't don't approach it that way at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So the other Christmas movie we teamed this up with uh, for no real reason other than it's a new Christmas movie and I kind of wanted to watch it. Um, was better watch out. Should we should we just go ahead and throw out a spoiler warning for this because it, it's going to be impossible to talk about it without spoiling it. Uh, sure, why not? Because because the thing that's the spoiler happens thirty minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah. The movie takes a major plot twist thirty minutes in, um, which in and of itself is a bit of a spoiler, but. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we just got to call it open open spoiler season. So if you haven't seen this movie, don't listen to us talk about it at all because we'll we'll ruin it, even if it's unintentional. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say, and I've, I've I'm already on the record. I think people should see this movie, and I think you should see it blind. I think it'll be more fun. Yeah, I was getting ready to say if you haven't seen a trailer for it, don't watch the fucking trailer. Just watch yeah. the movie. I've seen yeah. the movie twice, and I still haven't watched the trailer because I don't want to throw in the fun of the movie. Um, all right. Well, Doug, since you seem pretty positive on it, why don't you let us know what uh, Better Watch Out is all about? Uh, well, so the movie sets up as uh, this girl is babysitting this boy. So she's about 17, 18. He's supposed to be 12, although the actor clearly appears to be older than that. Um he seems to be convinced that if he plays his cards just right, he's going to get to sleep with his much older babysitter, which she does. she's not that interested in it. No. <laughs> Believe it or not. Um, and we get several lines of dialogue suggesting that, you know, he's going to try to basically scare her because if she's scared, she's going to want to be, she's going to, it's going to put her in the mood. He's read that online somewhere and he, he trusts that. So, um, Good old basically, faithful internet. Basically, there's a like a home invasion type scenario opening up. Uh, it turns out to be his buddy messing with them, or is it? Um, eventually, a rock is thrown through the window, telling them not to leave. When the buddy says, "Screw this! This is just somebody messing with us," and goes to leave, he's shot. Um, and the big reveal comes that. This is the this is the major plot twist is that the the kid Luke the the main character I guess has been working with his buddy to set this all up the whole time it's all been a big fake to try to keep this babysitter as scared as possible so that she'll sleep with a twelve year old um, and when that doesn't work he cold cocks her and knocks her down the stairs and when she comes to she's tied up and it turns out he is now fully engaged in plot to basically kill her uh, he bring he gets her boyfriend in there 
than her ex-boyfriend he because he needs more body count i guess um and yet it plays out we'll, we'll go through the exact details of how it plays out because some of it's pretty cool but it, through much of the movie this girl and her at least one of her boyfriends are tied to a chair in the house while this kid is tormenting them hmm. All right. <clears throat> so you mentioned you're you're pretty positive on this movie. You really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think uh, uh, from what I've read of Noah's Facebook today, I think Noah had the same problem with it that I did. I don't know if he's as angry about it as I am. Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, so I really got annoyed with this movie and ended up not enjoying it by the time I got done. And the reason being, you'll notice the big difference is I've seen the trailer. Doug is not. And so what was sort of sold to me through the trailer is a very, uh, okay, There's it's like a horror home invasion movie as they sort of set up. And then people are defeated sort of with Home Alone-esque like traps and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the the... The trailer is a Home Alone spoof on a siege film. Which is what I totally wanted and was super excited to watch. And then half an hour in, all that goes out the window. And it just becomes like a... Uh, uh, I don't want to say torture porn because that's not it. But it's almost like the uh, I'm going to keep you captive and just sort of like do all these awful things while you sit and watch type of movie. And that's not what I wanted after watching the trailer. So I came away with sort of a bad taste in my mouth with the movie. Uh, maybe going in knowing what the movie was, I wouldn't have had as much of a problem. Or if I just went in not knowing anything, I wouldn't have had as much of a problem. But I feel like I got switched out from the movie I thought I was going to watch it and really enjoy for another movie with a kid that I couldn't fucking stand the entire movie, which <laughs> was pretty much the point. But when you're like, oh, God damn it, this is not the movie I wanted. That kid's fucking annoying. And yeah, so I was mad by the end. See, yeah, because see, what's really interesting about that is that the twist is kind of what got me engaged in the movie then again well going in without any expectations the first time i watched this we we all watched it because we were given a screener um and basically the first time i watched it it was just like you sent us the link to the screener and i'm like all right there's a link there i better click it and that became <laughs> and i was like back in like october it was not the appropriate time of year to be watching it or a christmas film or anything um and it was just just going into it you know, like I say, completely blind, knowing absolutely nothing. And so I'm watching it and it's building itself up to be one thing. And it's really a psycho like twist the way it turns, um, completely turns the movie on edge. The minute he kind of belts her and she falls down the stairs, you're just like, Holy shit, this is a completely different movie than I thought I was watching. But for me, it's a positive thing because I didn't necessarily have any expectations at that point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the big the big factor in this equation. I I have a big problem with uh, dishonest trailers, if that makes sense. So you don't you don't have to like reveal 
the plot twist and stuff to make a trailer for this movie. You can be vague and and absent, and you know what I mean, and and still get people interested without rewriting the movie into a different movie. Which is what I have a problem with. I don't. Don't don't sell me an orange and then hand me an apple. They're not the fucking same thing. Like that makes me angry. Uh, I I also agree with Brian in the fact that like the the kid, the main psycho kid, is just awful, and and that wouldn't be such a problem. Except g- generally, especially in a movie like this, you need the bad guy to be one of two things. You either need him to be charismatic enough that he sucks you in a little bit, and then whenever he does the fucked up things, you're surprised by them. Or you need him to be scary. And he's not either of those things. He's like a a whiny, spoiled, little rich kid bitch through the entire movie. (laughs) And you're not surprised by anything he does because he's a whiny little spoiled bitch through the entire movie. Like, you're expecting him to be a little fucking shit. And so nothing he does is is shocking. It, It almost makes the movie boring. If that makes sense, like it, you don't engage with it on the same level. Well, some of the things I think there are several moments that I did find surprising, even on a, on a rewatch. Starting with the the big twist moment where he does kind of hit her; she wakes up tied to the chair. Um, some of the stuff he does later on, I agree. Maybe a better actor could have pulled it off better, but I I think you're assuming that he has well, to fit into one of two categories. I don't agree with that. I think. I was. I don't think. I don't think he's a bad actor, and I'm not. I'm not complaining about his yeah. his portrayal of the role. I'm saying story wise, with there's. I don't know. Like like I said, because at the very beginning of the movie, whenever they're pushing you into the, uh, you know, the wrong direction spin to get you with the twist, he comes off super fucking rapey. And not not even like like, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm not on this kid's side at all. I hope he fucking dies. And then whenever it's like, oh, he's the killer, and you're like, oh no, shit, the fucking rapist kid's the killer. Sweet Jesus, who could have (laughs) known? But I do like I do just to get back to what you're saying though that he has to either be charismatic or he has to be whatever the other scary. the, what they were going for was he's unlikable to the point where you're rooting against him for that. And I think they were successful in that. It sounds like you guys both really didn't like him. Um, that's certainly what they were going for. I don't think they were failing at creating a different character. They just chose to do something different. But with the unlikable bad guy, which that's another thing you can do, but typically you have the payoff of where the guy that you hate through the entire movie gets his comeuppance and he doesn't <laughs> like like that's that's what I, he doesn't like the, the end of the movie is pretty much well it's open-ended but... it's it's open-ended but yeah no, yeah well okay just to get into that that very ending of the movie i was like i i guess i was just on board with the movie so when he there's a moment where he finally stabs the babysitter in the neck and then proceeds to mop up, like frame one of the boyfriends for the killings and go to bed. That's his plan, right? And then 
theoretically they'll come home. They'll assume he was in bed the whole time. He gets off scot-free. That stab in the neck really caught me off guard. I did not see it coming. It was a cool moment. It you're you're saying typically people get their their you know that the bad guy gets what's coming to him. Well, I like it when movies aren't typical. I think that that's a positive, not a negative. And there are a couple of more little twists in there. Where first we first it's revealed that she did, is, didn't die and she's going to be taken to the hospital. So we do think he's going to be caught. At which the movie ends with him basically asking his parents to take him down to the hospital, saying he's worried about her. We obviously know why he's going. Um, so I, I, I like those little turns at the end of the film. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it does sound to me like your guys' frustration is primarily that it didn't meet your expectations. But that's... that's the, And again, maybe the, I, having not even watched the trailer to this day, maybe that trailer is bullshit and maybe it shouldn't do that to you. But that's well, I, the film that's, itself. That's part of it. What, what I was saying more with the... With the ex, it, it's not that my expectations were not met because there are plenty of films that fuck with your expectations that I still like. It's that I feel like there's no payoff. Does that make sense? Like I, I need some kind of a gratification from a film. Like that's, that's what enjoyment is. It's, it's some kind of gratification. And I feel like this movie gives you no gratification uh, other than the fact that there's a couple cool moments in the movie where you go, Oh shit. <laughs> which, well, it definitely had the yeah. Which those are great. Like, and and I'm not, and I'm not complaining. And like I said, I don't, I don't mind the the acting and and I think it's a well shot movie. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a fairly well written movie for the for the most part. Other than the fact that once again, I feel like you don't get that thing. I, I don't. It's it's that indescribable thing that makes something enjoyable or not enjoyable. I feel like I just don't get that fuck, fuck yeah thing that I need at the end of the movie. I mean, the movie definitely kind of it lacks the the big climax moment, right? We kind of, we don't have that big final fight where the killer's thrown off the roof of the house or whatever. But again, the fact that the ending is atypical to me is a, it's, it's good. It's a compliment, not a criticism. Um, some movies need to follow formula. Other movies are trying to do something different. When I watch sort of these little more independent type movies, that's what I'm hoping for is something different. Yeah. Well, I accept that. And like I said, I think it's a technically good movie. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody handed me another movie directed by the same director, I would watch it. I wouldn't go, Oh, that's that guy who made (laughs) better watch out that motherfucker. It's. I don't know. Like I said, it's yeah. just. No, I'm. I'm on the same page you are. It's just. I, I don't know. I just feel like I was not given the movie I. I was hoping to see, and the movie I got instead was not. What I wanted to see, so I was kind of disappointed with it. But I think they did a really good job making it. Like it looks amazing. Um, me and Amanda were flipping through. Um, trying to find movies to watch and we actually stopped on red christmas which is a one with d wallace stone mm-hmm. that just came out and we watched the trailer and i'm like man 
that movie kind of looks like shit. Like the way it's shot and stuff is just it lit. Like it just doesn't look good. But then I've been reading like pretty positive things online about it, so I probably will end up giving it a watch. And then I showed her the trailer for Better Watch Out, and she's like, "Oh, this looks like a much better movie. Let's we should watch this one." And so I mean, it looks great. Again, the trailer lied to me. Lied. But yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. If I could go erase the the trailer from my mind, I I may have enjoyed the movie a lot more. But. Is what it yeah. is, and, and I feel like Doug, Doug was talking about the uh, the end bit where you get to see him finally like unravel the plan as a whole, so you get to kind yeah. of watch him how he was planning on setting it up, which which is cool. I feel like that would have been much cooler in a movie where I didn't know he was the bad guy until the end. Like yeah. I almost. Feel- yeah, it almost would have been better if this movie would have been drug out and the twist would have happened in the last third of the movie and you find out that they aren't actually being home invaded, that it's this girl's boyfriend or whatever has shown up at the behest of this kid who he's proceeded to kill, acting like he's protecting her, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that would have worked better for me. Where, uh, yeah, you just think it's the boyfriend the whole time, and we just don't see, like, this kid, like, unfolding his plan. Hmm. Plus, this movie has a scene where this girl has spiders on her face, so fuck this bullshit. <laughs> hey, she's scared of the spiders, just like you would be. Oh, my God. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> It was a little bit, whatever it showed at the end of him unraveling the plan, where you find out that these spiders are like his pet spiders. I don't care. It's still gross. Well, I was going to say, that's a little like, really? Like, he had pet spiders? That seems like a bit fucking much. Like He's a fucking psychopath. Of course he's got pet spiders. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the, one of the weird things about this movie is I feel like there's a 12-year-old trying to play uh, 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 Christian Bale in American Psycho's character. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Similar, yeah. Part of the issue I had is, like, I, I, I will say that I have, I have trouble suspending my disbelief that a kid who's young enough to need a babysitter could pull off all the things that this kid pulled off. Um, you know, when the, when this movie is... The atmosphere of this movie is one that's meant to be taken a little bit seriously, not too seriously. But I, I found that you, you do sort of start to ask those questions. I mean, this, this isn't a children's movie. This isn't, you know, some slapstick comedy where the, the plot doesn't matter. It does matter in this movie. And so what kid... Like, if again, if, if your kid was smart enough to do all this stuff, would you be paying a babysitter to watch him? I don't think I would. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the kid's parents is Patrick Warburton and uh, Virginia Madsen. I, I was. I think I wanna... that's. A, I think that's another thing that made me angrier at the film because whenever it started, and I was like, "Oh shit, his dad's Patrick Warburton. This is going to be awesome." <laughs> <laughs> you just left. Like, I almost want to see a straight-up comedy of those two with their night out before they go home and discover the carnage in their house. Little side movie. Yeah. Just come home, find the blood and all over the carpet. And like, ah. Yeah. She was really worried about that carpet, too. That's one of the little <laughs> jokes in it. She's all worried about the carpet and then they bleed all over it. 
I will say, I think the best, the best scene in the entire movie has got to be the paint can in the face. I liked it. I liked the fact that, like, it takes a while to get there. And for the purposes of this movie, I like that we didn't see it. When I think when we very first talked about this, we were anticipating getting to watch the paint can smash the guy in the face, and we were all hoping we'd get to cheer for that. But I don't think that would have worked in the context of this movie. Yeah. I still hope they do that in some other movie. <laughs> it is rough. I'll, I'll tell you what the worst thing is: is in um, in a horror movies, it's a lot harder to get into somebody getting like totally fucking wrecked, dead, like that was when they come off as a pretty likable fucking character right before it happens. <laughs> Where you're like, oh shit, no, he's a really good guy. We thought he was a douchebag from the phone conversation, and then paint came to the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did really like the visual of the uh, the yellow paint and the chunky, yeah. bloody gooiness that was running down. Yeah. That was nice. That was a good visual. Like, um, I imagine they spent a lot of time trying to decide which color of paint to use because it, what looks the best mixed with all the blood and guts. Uh, do either one of you see The Visit, the Night Shyamalan movie? Uh, no. I did see it, yeah. Uh, did you notice the best friend is, is from that movie and the girl is from that movie? Is from that movie and they played brother and sister? It's a little weird. Yeah. A little awkward when he's all like talking to his friend about how he's going to have sex with her and stuff, and then, like, dude, she played your sister in another movie. This is weird. In, like, the only other movie I've seen either one of you in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have no other reference points whatsoever. I, I thought it was a little interesting that... So so the characters, besides uh, Crazy Boy, are pretty underdeveloped in the movie. Because even the babysitter chick, you don't really get to... You kind of get a little bit of a backstory for her. But then she spends 75% of the movie with uh, duct tape on her mouth tied up to a chair. So there isn't a lot of room for <laughs> like uh, character development while, while duct tape to a chair. Uh, the only character you do get developed and you get interested in, and then of course he fucking dies, is the best friend. Yeah. Which I do kind of dig that, where he's kind of like just getting sucked into this craziness that his friend caused. Yeah, I kind of like the the journey he went on because he was sort of on board at the beginning, and he he even at first he tries to talk his buddy out of it. Then he's like, "All right, I'll play my little game here, and you can try to sleep with your babysitter." But he knows it's not going to work, and then he kind of just gets sucked in deeper and deeper, and ends up participating in this like rather horrible plot that I don't think he he certainly wouldn't have been capable of doing it himself and he wouldn't have been interested in doing it himself. He just didn't know how to say no to his buddy. Some combination yeah. of scared and loyal. Yeah. I, th- I think another thing that might've tipped the tip, the scale, my scale against this movie is the fact that I, I have a movie to compare it to generically that came out in the last year, the babysitter. Yeah, I was going to say, this This would be a really good double feature with The Babysitter, I think. Yeah, in in which The Babysitter is fucking awesome. Like, that, that movie's fucking awesome. 
And since this one, I don't, I don't know. Once, once again, the, and the reason why I like the babysitter so much is I empathize with that, with the nerdy picked on kid. <laughs> like that's, I get it. And, and I think the the start of this movie tries to set you up so that you're going to empathize with these two. But even at the very beginning, the way they're talking, they come off as shitty, greasy dude bros who are also nerdy little kids. Well, yeah, I think you're supposed to sympathize with the baby, with the babysitter in this movie, though. And she does certainly seem like, you know, a nice girl. She's nice to this kid. He, she can clearly tell that he's got a crush on her, and he, she kind of tries to not be mean to him and all that stuff. I think they make her a likable character, and that's who you're supposed to sympathize with. Just for some strange reason, you uh, can relate better to nerdy kids than to teenage girls. I don't know why that is. Well, yeah, but but once again, I, I think that in the film, her character ends up being like underdeveloped. You don't... I don't feel like you get enough of her as a person to sympathize uh, her parents like, are making overly her with her. Her parents are making her move to Pittsburgh, so she's sad. That's enough, isn't it? I, I don't know, I suppose. <laughs> and I suppose it depends on the type of the movie. If this had been a siege film, like like I thought it was going to be, you don't need characters that like uh are are very well developed, but I feel like once you're in like a hostage film, which is what this ended up being, you do. You need to really be invested in all of the people involved. Yeah, I feel like if it was like a siege film, like you were talking, and she's having all this conflict with her boyfriend or ex boyfriend or ex boyfriends or however, that she sort of has this like thing hanging over her head. And it's almost like, oh shit! Like I'm not gonna get this resolved as long as we find out that the boyfriend's not the killer or whatever. That it's almost like imperative that she survives so she could sort of get closure on that whole thing. But yeah, the hostage thing with her boyfriend there as a hostage as well for some reason just doesn't work for me in that aspect. I don't know. I found myself wondering whether she was gonna live throughout the film, which is. I mean, I think that's what they're going for. Is there, you're supposed to be on the edge of your seat, wondering how she, how is she going to get out of this, or is she going to get out of this? And for me, that element worked. The atmosphere that they created, I kept wondering, like, is this kid really going to kill this girl that he's kind of air quotes in love with, and or is she going to find a way out? And she tries a couple of times to escape in different ways and stuff. And I thought, I mean, that's where her character development comes in. Um, is that she is sort of this like she needs she has she needs help from a child to get rid of a spider early in the movie and by the end of it she is fighting for her life and our last shot of her she's like flipping him off after she's saved her own life despite being stabbed in the neck. So I mean, that, that's her character growth, that's her development. It didn't work for you guys, obviously. It worked for, well enough for me for the purposes of this, this kind of lighthearted little horror film. Yeah, uh, I thought one of the interesting things too is I think they try to uh, sell you on killing the ex-boyfriend because you know with his his stupid sideways hat and talking to himself in the car while drinking a beer and shit, you're supposed to be like, oh, this dude's a d bag. I hope he fucking eats it. 
But the problem is, is they've made the little kid so fucking unlikable that you almost ignore it. You're like, well, this is a douchebag, but he doesn't deserve to get killed by that little wheezy prick. You know? yeah. <laughs> that one didn't bother me because it's the same guy that plays the mulleted prick in Stranger Things Season 2. So I was perfectly happy with him being killed. <laughs> I didn't even realize that was the same guy. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, ah, fuck this guy. He's a he's he's mean Steve. I don't like him being mean Steve. Go ahead and kill him. He's a racist. I definitely found the the character was like you would love to see Jason Voorhees kill that guy. I don't know if you necessarily want to watch this kid kill that guy, but yeah, I'd love in, to see in, Jason Voorhees kill that guy. In, in a slasher movie, he would have been the guy that you're like just rooting for his death scene. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, with his sideways hat and stuff, he's acting tough all movie, and then fucking Jason pulls up and just destroys him. They'd be great. Yeah. I mean, sideways hat, let's be honest. Just... That's, that's a douchey look. Come on. You're asking for it at that point, right? Like, if you get killed yeah. when you're wearing a sideways hat, I mean, barring some scenario. I feel like an old man saying it. Off. Well, yeah. Cause yeah we are I, feel like, I feel like an old man. Oh, yeah. But I'm just like, put your hat on straight. Bend the bill. Know. Come on. I don't even know if like sounds cool or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what's cool anymore. Did did anybody feel like the whole virgin thing was overkill? Yeah, because it, it didn't really seem to add a whole lot, other than he thinks she's like a big like slut, I guess. But yeah, I feel like they were intentionally doing the reverse of an '80s horror movie. Where they're like, you know, these aren't the pot smoking, uh, having sex teens that are dying. They're good kids, and this horrible little bastard's killing them. Yeah, I can Which, kind of see that. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't pay that much attention to the virgin stuff. I didn't really care, but I thought it was more to show how nuts this kid was. That he was kind of had this complete misconception of who she was, despite the fact that they'd known each other for like five years, and he. You know, he had this big crush on her and everything, but he didn't even understand who she was as, really as a person. That's the what I took from it. Yeah. It just seems like you could completely take it out of the movie and it wouldn't mean anything. Like, you can still, it'd still end up in the same place. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, certainly plot-wise, it didn't play a role. So Yeah, no. It's not like at any point you believe that if she wasn't a virgin that she would have just slept with the 12-year-old and we all could have moved on with our day. Like that's, <laughs> it, there, There's no implication of anything like that. It's just... But it's just a thing that they did in the movie. It didn't bother me, I guess. I I don't disagree that they could have taken it out of the movie and it, I wouldn't have gone like, hey, this is missing something about virginity. Like, yeah. I really, it's really bumming me out that you guys didn't like this movie. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm... I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I like hate it. I don't I don't fucking hate this movie. I just don't I feel like my my potential for enjoying the movie was ruined by just those few things and that all of them together made it unenjoyable. I think if you had taken one of those things out, I probably would be tilting the other way on the movie. Yeah. I'm squarely blaming the trailer. I think the trailer ruined it for me because I was completely set for a home invasion movie. And 
turns out that's not what this movie was. But I don't know. But then, like, the weird thing is, Invasion movie, uh, you're next. And I actually am not a fan of that movie. So I don't know what the fuck I want, really. So, I don't know. I'm a horrible person. Oh, we all know that. Yeah. This is a pleasant Christmas episode <laughs> of our podcast. Have yourself a merry little paint came to the face. Uh, well, I'd say it's a recommend from Doug. Uh, what about you, Noah? Conditional recommend? Uh, I w- it's, it's, despite the fact that I did not enjoy the movie, I, do, I cannot specifically say it's not a good movie or a well-made movie, so I would say probably watch it anyway and take your chances. Yeah. That's I would it. say... Uh, <laughs> watch it without watching the trailer but if you've listened to this spoilery description then i mean you're probably good anyway yeah you done fucked up so whatever i will say watching it a second time i still enjoyed it quite a bit and obviously i knew more about the film by watching it once than people probably do by listening to this discussion so if you're still (laughs) on the fence i don't think the fact that you listen to this discussion is a reason not to watch it yeah Plus, you might forget what we have to say because when people listen to this, it'll be Christmas Day. So wait till next year, watch it then, and you'll forget what we just said. So. Yeah, perfect idea. I was I was also going to say my my last complaint in in a horror movie, I need like uh, shit to get going. If that makes sense, <laughs> like I, I I need shit to happen. And oh, in this movie, the fake home invasion does not start until 30 minutes into an hour and a half film. Which, I mean, that's a, a long time. <laughs> it's a long time for nothing important to happen. That's our get-to-know-the-characters time. I, I suppose, but I don't know how much of getting to know, other than you're like, oh shit, this kid's super rapey. Is he gonna rape his babysitter? <laughs> like... What is happening? I thought th- I thought I was supposed to be on this kid's side, and I am not on the rapey kid's side at all. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod, or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, before we get into what else we watched, we got a couple uh, pieces of feedback. First one I got is from good old Terre Haute Kent, who the subject line says, What's the difference between snowmen and snowwomen? Snowballs. And then he answers no balls. Uh, he says, uh, the concept of mystery goo that merged the DNA of two things we utilized after Jack Frost in the Gary Busey-led epic The Ginger Dead Man and was also definitely employed in the movie Monsterd. Both winners. <laughs> they really should have had a Jack Frost versus Ginger Dead Man crossover movie. That seems like common sense to me. Yeah. Huh. Solid. 
Uh, and he also says, if Disney wants to buy up any and every other Hollywood studio, I say let them. What's the worst that could happen? Hollywood would start churning out bad movies and obvious cash grabs. It would also be nearly impossible to start a competing studio. That pretty much sounds like how it is now. Um, he says, finally, he would totally partake in a Friday 13th game night. He hasn't had a chance to play it yet because there's no standalone game, which I told him it was released this week. And I don't want to play with a bunch of randos. So count me in. Merry Christmas, guys. To uh, Hope Kent. I will say one of the reasons why I don't play it a lot is because the amount of uh, just trolling assholes and 12-year-olds screaming uh, racial slurs and the the word faggot constantly is just too yeah. much. I can't, I can't do it. It does get old. Uh, but yeah, we're thinking about setting up a uh, Friday 13th uh, game night if you got an Xbox One. And uh, me and Noah are going to play. Sounds like we're going to try to set the first one up on January 13th, fittingly enough, which is a Saturday. A little bit of warning. Brian is pretty good, and I am not. <laughs> <laughs> And not at all. I am so bad. I don't know if I'd say I'm pretty good. I'm not horrible. I mean, I'm not Noah, for God's sake. But yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty bad. I escape every once in a while. Just I just hop on the boat and I will just ditch everyone else to get away. <laughs> You're such a dick, Chad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we'll be putting a, an event up in the uh, Facebook group. And probably be pimping it here in the next couple episodes. So, uh, if you got an Xbox One and Friday Thirteenth the game, feel free to hop in. We're gonna try to play a couple rounds, so it'll be fun. That does actually sound fun. If if I played video games, I would probably join in on that. Yeah, you should now go for Christmas. Go get an Xbox One and Friday Thirteenth the game, and you're all set. I don't know if you know how Christmas works, but you don't go buy yourself stuff. Oh, I do. You don't. Uh. <laughs> guys are doing it wrong again <laughs> um so doug you said you actually had some feedback from the last horror cast which has never been read before yeah well it's it's new feedback responding to an old episode so uh on the the old youtube page for the last horror cast at one point we were putting the episodes up there but we stopped because nobody watched them anyway um However, from episode seven, This Ain't No Picnic, Giant Ant Horror, uh, we recently got feedback from Ali Servant, who uh, he says, I hope you worthless cunts get cancer. Which I think is... All right. I mean, I can't remember exactly what we said in that episode. What? But, what um, was the name? Ali Servant. That sounds like one of those weird fake Russian troll accounts. Are I don't you guys know. getting Russian trolled? Russian tro- I will say this: We put the I, I've got it up in front of me. We published this episode to YouTube on January third, twenty sixteen, and two days ago, some guy said he hopes we get cancer. So I have replied, "Thank you for listening," and we'll see what he says. <laughs> he must really not like the movie. Them. He was a real problem, I guess, with it. I don't know. <laughs> I, guess yeah. we, I believe we were pretty positive on both of those movies. So maybe he like maybe like 
I don't know, his dad worked on one of the movies and wasn't nice to him at Christmas time or something, so he gets bitter this time of year. It's hard to know. Or he's trolling. It's, well, that's another possibility. Or Ali's <laughs> so girl's funny. name. That's the funny. internet is definitely for trolls. <sighs> yeah, of all things to get mad about, it's that, those specific movies. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a podcast that he, I guarantee you he didn't listen to because the only way he accessed it was through YouTube. Like, nobody watches the full episodes on YouTube. That's just not how it works. Uh, which is why we stopped putting them there. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's something else you said. It makes me uh-huh. want to go back and re-listen to that episode and see if I said something in there that would warrant that type of response. Because I do occasionally upset people. Things I have to say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. I may have to go back and listen. I remember listening to that episode, but I don't remember anything inside the episode. So who knows? I don't know. Huh. I remember us yeah, joking a lot about how the guy, the one of the actors from them, played Santa in Miracle on 34th Street. Maybe that's what has this oh. guy upset. He's like, don't, don't compare that guy to Santa. That's not that's the real Santa. He only likes the Miracle on 34th Street that has the Baldwin in it. So. <laughs> uh, who knows um, alright uh, has anybody watched anything since the last time we were together of course yeah no right. oh, of course. <laughs> go for it uh, I watched well I, I've been on a kick watching a Comet lately a lot I don't know if you guys ever have seen the Comet channel but yeah. it's amazing Good. It's basically just plays garbage all day, which, which yeah. makes me happy. So I watched uh, Zone Troopers, which is a really, really bad World War II uh, alien invasion movie. And it is it is really bad. So, <laughs> so that's, that, is, that is a recommend if you really like bad movies. If you don't really like bad movies, you could probably skip that one. Uh, and then I watched uh, Gore, which I'd actually never seen before. Uh, G-O-R. Not, not your different film. Similar plot. You totally cut out, so your explanation made no sense. No, I, I said it's it's Gore, G-O-R. Not, not your, Y-O-R. Different films. Similar plot, gotcha. but different films. It's got Jack Palance in it, though. <laughs> Which, which should be a selling point, uh, which is about a gentleman who is uh, transported to a distant planet via a uh, magical ring and has to uh, fight his way back. Kind of. It's, it's very much the movie Heavy Metal, but uh, live action and uh, not good. So. Oh, because this. <laughs> Two things I've always said about heavy metal is it's too good and there's too much cartoon in it. So you know, they eliminated those two things. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. That's Perfect. that's what I generally do. I go, mm, this is pretty fucking artistic and has a bitchin' soundtrack. This would be way better if it was just Jack Palance. <laughs> uh, so I watched that, and then because I watched a bad Sword and Sandily movie, I decided that I needed to watch Conan, so I watched Conan. And then because I watched uh, Conan, I had to watch the other Conan. 
And then because I watched those two Conans, I had to watch Red Sonia. And and then that pretty much ate up all my movie watching time. <laughs> That's not a bad string of movies to watch, though. Well, that that second Conan, I, I have trouble watching it today. It's it's not great. Really, I really like it. Oh, and I watched Crawl. Oh, Crawl! I haven't seen that one since the eighties. I should watch yeah, that. Yeah, Crawl's super dope. I've never seen it, so. Ooh, we should add Kroll to the list. Kroll's a fun watch. We have to happen. I can only remember, like, visuals from it. I remember that cool, like, throwing weapon that the guy had. Or I'm remembering it wrong. Those are the two options. You could do Kroll and, uh, maybe, like, one of the, the, the Lou Ferrigno, uh, Hercules movies. <laughs> I've never actually seen those. I've seen clips of them, but I've never seen I hope it's the one where he punches a bear in space. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was the one that was made by Canon, right? Good times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a Canon movie. That's, it sounds like <laughs> a Canon movie off the top of my head. They're, they're spectacularly bad. <laughs> it's basically like everything you love about the original Clash of the Titans done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, what else you got? Uh, I think that was it. I think I, I think I pretty much ate everything up watching uh, shitty swords and sandal movies. <laughs> I'm sure glad you didn't watch anything good instead. <laughs> well, I mean, I watched Conan. Yeah. Okay. Fair. And enough. Red Sonia. Red Sonia's yeah. awesome. And Kroll's awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, what did you watch, Doug? Uh, I got absolutely nothing. Wow, well, awesome. Yeah, well, I was busy uh, celebrating my birthday this week, which neither of you bothered to acknowledge. So oh, happy I birthday, I'd... Doug! No, I don't. I don't want it now. Oh, no, that's fake. That's weird. That's Usually, my Facebook notifies me of people's birthdays. Uh, to be fair, I've been sick this week, so I've slept for about a total of 50 hours in the past three days. So, I may have missed it. Alright, um, I got a couple things. Uh, let's see, first thing I watched, um, I was finishing up laundry and I need, I'm like, I need something to watch that's like just a little bit over an hour. But I don't want to watch like a full like movie. Um, so I turned on uh, Batman: Return of the Cape Crusaders. Oh yeah, which is the animated film where they got Adam West and Burt Ward to come back and portray the '60s Batman and Robin. Fuck yeah! Um, it was pretty awesome. I was pretty happy with it. I was never like a huge '60s Batman fan. Um, I mean, I watched it as a kid and stuff, but I was never like obsessed with it like some people are it's so fun but the idea of doing an animated movie and bringing and having them come back and new episodes as animated movies yeah i was pretty on board for it because i think that's just a lot of fun i think that's a perfect idea like just absolutely yeah. a perfect idea and uh return of the cape crusaders was pretty awesome um so like i said it's just like a regular episode, but they are a little bit more um, 
I don't want to say meta, but they kind of know the jokes of stuff now. Like, uh, uh, who's the fucking ant that keeps showing up all the time? Oh, I forgot her name. Yeah. It's, you know, it's Robin's aunt who shows up and lives in the thing. Aunt Margaret? Is that right? Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Um, She keeps insinuating that she knows their secret. And they're like, what secret? And it makes it sound like she knows they're gay. But, like, they, she never comes right out and says it. So, they just constantly talk about how they have to go fishing all the time. And we'll then just scurry off, like, together and, you know, jump out of the back cave. Um, there is a moment, because it's pretty much like all of the rogues gallery um, trying to pull off, you know, another big, another big ridiculous heist. And uh, at some point, Batman gets hit over the head, and he's looking at Catwoman, and so his vision like sort of triples, you know, where he sees multiple of her, and the uh, the tr- the triple that he's seeing of Catwoman is all three versions of Catwoman that was on that show. Oh, that's awesome! That's so- nice. Yeah, so I mean, it's just fun stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. Like, it's totally worth it. Um, I also have the other one, uh, uh, Batman, the Cape Crusaders uh, with Two-Face. Yeah. Which is the one that just came out that has William Shatner as Two-Face. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but after watching this one, I'm pretty excited, too. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing those. They're, they look very fun. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I watched, which I watched right before we started recording, is a documentary called How to Build a Time Machine. Um, do either one of you listen to the Film Junk podcast? Nope. I do not. Oh. So it's been going on like forever. And uh, they're actually from Doug's Neck of the Woods. And uh, one of them's a documentary filmmaker. And he made a documentary called Beauty Day a few years ago. Um, what was the guy's name? It was about like a guy who had his own sort of public access show up there who was uh, sort of famous. Like the big video that everybody sort of knows is when he set a ladder up against this fence and tried to like dive off of it into his swimming pool. But, of course, the ladder slipped and he fell and smacked his head on the cement and, like, fell into his pool and almost drowned. Which, of course, they've played on America's Funniest Home Videos here because that's how, you know, that's what we think is funny. Um, But he was going to do, like, a new, like, almost like a reunion comeback show. And the documentary was sort of about him setting it up and then sort of, you know, delved into his backstory and stuff like that. Um, uh, Captain Video is what he was known as. Do you remember Captain Video, Doug? I do not. I've um, seen that clip you're talking about with him falling off the ladder. Yeah. Falling in the pool. Um, yeah, it says it's about uh, local access cable shenanigans who entertain outraged viewers in the small city of St. Catharines until a special Easter show featuring a fat rabbit and adorable puppies, none of which were hurt. Got him kicked off the air for good, and so they sort of follow him around as he's trying to make this comeback video, and just talk to people who knew him and stuff like that. Well, 
uh, Jay Cheel, who's the director, has got a new one out called How to Build a Time Machine. Uh, and it's about um, a guy who is obsessed with the old 1960s uh, the Time Machine. H.D. Wells movie or story that was turned into a movie. And uh, so he's recreating his own version of the time machine. And he's really like obsessive about it. So a lot of it follows him like trying to perfect this um, model of the time machine. And uh, sort of the look of it is pretty famous. Uh, If you watch uh, Gremlins during the inventors conference when uh, the dad is calling home if you look in the background you'll see a version of that time machine behind him and then when they cut to the family and then cut back to the dad the uh, time machine is gone and there's just a smoking rectangle on the floor which is pretty hilarious it's a very clever little joke in gremlins yeah uh so is this guy trying to like recreate this and then there's like a side story about this guy who is obsessed with time travel and his deal is his dad died when he was super young because he had an undiagnosed heart condition and so he became obsessed with the idea of time travel that he could go back and see his dad and this propelled him to become an astrophysicist all right to like study like einstein and like you know time travel and all that crazy stuff um and it's just sort of talking to him about the idea of time travel and how, like, what one could do with it and uh, just all these theories about it and stuff like that. And, of course, they talk about the paradoxical problems with time travel, where if you go back and fix something, then that could cause you never to time travel in the first place. Then that fucks up everything. Um but he's like super duper smart and has sort of come up with this theory of how to actually maybe time travel with light because they say light causes light, light can cause gravity and gravity is sort of an aspect of time travel. I don't know. You have to watch the documentary. It makes sense when you watch it on there. Um, but of course you can't get funding for it because telling people you're doing time travel experiments means people completely ignore you. Uh, he does bring up the, the idea that if somebody told the government North Korea was working on time travel, he would have so much funding he wouldn't know what to do with it. Which I thought was pretty funny. Um, so it's just an interesting look at this guy obsessed with this time machine. Like, what that sort of means to him. He tells a story about him and his brother going to see the time machine when they were little. Um, and how he became obsessed with it. And then you got this other guy who's obsessed with the idea of going back and meeting his dad. Before he passed away, and like, what would happen if he did meet him and stuff like that, and just like all these just general like, there's another guy who also makes replicas of the time machine, but he's not like as obsessed with it as this other guy. So if you watch it, it's just an interesting narrative of people who are obsessed with time travel in some way, shape, or form, um, and sort of what that means and what that like sort of involves in their life and stuff like that. Um, if you're here in the States, you can watch it on Hulu. Uh, I think the documentary channel up in Canada helped produce it. So I don't know what that means for you, Doug. I have no idea if I get the documentary channel or not. <laughs> uh, but worth a watch. It's just a lot of fun. It's mainly just about personalities rather than 
time travel. So worth a watch. I greatly enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. So next episode, because uh, technically the next episode we do, we're going to be in the future. Because we're not doing an episode next week. But that's always every episode. The next one is in the future from yeah. the time we record this one. It doesn't matter we're if we recorded it tomorrow. It'd still be the future. We're going to be in a whole different year. So it's like we're time traveling in, into it's a whole other year. Shut up. Shut up. We're just, just taking a week off. I don't know why you're making such a big deal out of it. Just, anyway, just, in the future, they have robots. And so we are going to cover, since we'll be in the future, the movie uh, Robot Jocks and then the sequel Robot Wars, which Noah has warned us. Well, no, Crash Crash and Burn is the sequel. Robot Wars is a separate. Oh. What? I thought it was a sequel. Nope. Crash, Crash and Burn is the unofficial sequel to Robot Jocks. Robot Wars is just another giant robot movie made by the same company. Oh. Well, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> we don't even know what we're doing. No, we don't. <laughs> Whatever. Robot Jocks is awesome, and Robot Wars might suck. Yeah, who knows? Um, okay, well, we're doing Robot Jocks, and then we're doing Robot Wars. They both have giant robots in them. Or we could just do Robot Holocaust again. Oh, uh, we can. Fuck you. Just a hall- hallway of toothy penises. <laughs> <sighs> no. Um, and then really sad news, I literally just learned they made an overboard remake. <sighs> yeah, I, I saw that and I've been trying not to bring it up. Why? Starring Anna Ferris of all people. Nothing against her. It's just I don't know. I don't know why. I why like- it was needed. I feel like that's one of those movies that in modern society it's not really a good movie to remake. No. <laughs> like, by today's standard, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's a movie about a guy abducting a woman. <laughs> it, it does feel like it's not going to play as well. They're gonna, I mean, hopefully they'll find a way to change it up enough, but I can't even imagine the idea. <laughs> I can't imagine those movies playing it out. Like, when you... If you just tried to play the old one on TV now, I think people would. Uh, yeah, I see it on TV all the time, but I think the big factor is like, look, if if Kurt Russell tries to abduct you and makes pretends that he's your husband, you're just kind of like, eh, you know what? It's Kurt Russell. It's fine. It's pretty much anybody else. Like, no, this is creepy and rapey. You're, you're like, I have amnesia. But I'm pretty sure I'm straight. But that's Kurt Russell. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> this is the point of the podcast where shit got real and Doug had to change the subject. <laughs> Black Mirror season four, December 29th. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited. I haven't watched any of the trailers yet. I don't think I'm going to. No, I decided to stay away from it because they won't make sense anyway. Yeah. And. I heard some people when they watch a trailer and it's ruining the movie for them, so no point in risking that. <laughs> yeah, because apparently they put trailers out for each episode, like yeah, they're apparently. their own movie. 
But and I'm I just like, ah, but I know I'm going to watch it anyway, so I don't need to watch these trailers. I'd just rather be surprised. And and what was it again? I didn't hear you guys. Black Mirror Season 4. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched any of it. What? Dude, you should watch Black Mirror. Black Mirror is amazing. Like, the problem is I watch so many movies, my TV shows fall way behind. I still haven't watched uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead Season 2. Neither have I, actually. It's on Netflix now. It is on Netflix, so that's that's it's actually on, my goal. It's on me. Netflix, U.S. Be specific. So you don't make people in other countries sad. <laughs> go to check their Netflix, and it's not on there. Blame oh. Canada. I will say I don't think it's as good as season one, but it's still pretty damn enjoyable. It's got Bruce Campbell in it, of course. It's got bloody gory stuff in it. Yeah, we're good. It, it also has Bruce Campbell with a hand puppet of himself. That he calls Ashy Slashy, and it's okay. pretty amazing. That's that's pretty awesome. That's <laughs> Which I believe they made replicas for sale as well. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm just going to grab my laptop and drive south until I'm in the area where I pick up US Netflix. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, go watch uh, Ash vs Evil Dead. Can you? Isn't uh, there a way to like spoof your GPS signal to like say you're in the US or something? Uh, Netflix has actually done a pretty good job of shutting that down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used yeah to have... there used to be the, there used to be the little plug-in for Chrome and stuff, and they uh, got rid of that. Yeah, motherfuckers. It's weird because for a long time they said they cared, and I was like, they don't care. If they cared, they could easily shut this down. And then one day they decided to care and they shut it down. And I'm like, hey, at least I was right. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I was right. That's good, right? Like, shut up, Doug. You ruined it. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else before I wrap up? Everybody have a good uh, holiday season. Whether you're celebrating Christmas or apparently Boxing Day or what other made-up holidays that we pretend is not a corporate uh, excuse to get people to spend money. You could just be excited to watch the World Junior Hockey Championships. Oh, yeah, there's that, too, I guess. You didn't some, know that, did you? Some sports thing. They pucks is, is hockey the one where they ride the horses and use mallets? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> I would pay to watch that if they did it on ice. <laughs> It'd be a lot of dead horses. I know. Lots of legs snapping. <laughs> You'd be shooting a horse a minute. <laughs> Uh, our listeners can feel free to send us feedback with all of their favorite uh, holiday recipes that they eat around this time, because that shit interests me. Really? Oh, okay. That's what you're asking for? Yeah, I, I love it. I love that kind of stuff. People's traditional holiday foods. Noah's day job did used to be as a chef, so oh. all right. now, now it's as a guy who sits at home and watches TV all day. And just, just Which violently back in the face. I'm jealous of that part. <laughs> you should, you should probably watch Black though. Mirror Thanks, instead. <laughs> Can I do both? No. Uh... Watch Black Mirror season one, episode one, and see if you can see if you can yeah. it while you watch it. I bet you can't. That's true. That is <laughs> Good luck. True. I would say maybe there might be one or two later on in the season, but 
Yeah, yeah after sure, that, somewhere along the line. But after that first one, I think you'll be like, "Nah, I'm good." Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.